Hey everyone, we've got a really cool preview for you. Uh, if you'd like the whole thing, you can go to patreon.com slash workstoppage and support us with $5 a month uh, to get the full thing. I've actually made sure that this clip is kind of long so that we can hear a little bit more from Matt. And, uh, you know, even if you can't afford to be a patron, but really, if you can't afford to be a patron, you should jump in the Discord and hit up one of the admins and we will be happy to give you our overtime and extra bonus content for free, uh, you know, as a form of solidarity. Well, and uh, with that, I'll let you check out this preview, and we will see you in the main feed. Solidarity forever. We've talked a little bit on the show before about some, just some of the many, many problems with, like, temp agencies, labor agencies, really, like, any of these sorts of contracting firms and yeah everything that at least because I, I, I haven't experienced it personally but you know reading about it hearing from other folks who've been involved with it I, amazon's already exploitative enough but then having to deal with like this this temp agency as kind of a middle person in between them that sounds like it's got to be like a nightmare it was and the thing about it was that you you got the same wage as any other amazon employee at your at your tenure, but, um, you didn't get a lot of the same benefits. You didn't have mm. access. You didn't have access to the career choice, uh, tuition program or any kind of tuition reimbursements. You didn't have access to, um, the same level of healthcare or any of those benefits like the employee discount or the, um, the extras for Amazon, which is kind of a marketplace, uh, where they partner with companies like Skechers to offer discounts. Um, and so uh, on top of not getting the same benefits and getting wages taken from you, um, you also had the lack of job security. When it, That's one thing that adds to Amazon's very high turnover rate is they will hire seasonal employees. And if you don't make the cut to a blue badge, which is the full-time associates, then um, you will just be let go. All of a sudden, just bye-bye. Oof. Yeah, wow. and I mean, I imagine with the different healthcare coverage, with like the announcement of the additional uh, funds for people who need to travel for abortions, that those sorts of uh, benefits would not be applied to those uh, workers who are uh, working through temp, temp, eh, temp agencies either, similar to how independent contractors are also not covered under that. Is that right? Yeah, and um, they also do not have paid maternity leave for any of them. So, wow. well, well, no maternity leave. They don't get any maternity leave at all. And that's one of the things we're fighting for at our shop is that we're like, okay, so you guys work 40 hours a week. You're equal to us, us full-time employees. You guys are equals. And so we're going to make your issue one of our priorities in our demands that Amazon – just just recognize you as equals make you a blue badge stop stop hiring seasonal because when people apply for a job they're they're not looking for a temporary gig this is right. not doordash this is not contractors this is not a little factory where they they hire uh through a hiring agency which this rural area is very populated with um, are these mm -hmm. factories 
that will make you start out as a temp before they ever give you the chance to be a blue badge. Um, well, well, not well, well, full time. I mean, uh, these these other organizations obviously don't have the blue badge shit. Right. right. So these issues are are pretty ubiquitous. It seems from the way you're describing them, like pretty much any worker on the ground at the facility should be able to see this stuff. Were these some of the first things that you you started getting people to organize around, started rallying around, or or what were the first steps that you took in in trying to get people interested in the actual organizing of a union at this facility? I wanted to make this process very holistic. One of the things that that really opened my eyes to this were the working conditions and specifically the working conditions that management will just part a blind eye to, and they will hold you to the same expectation despite this barrier. And I volunteered to be on the, um, it's called Gimba. It's, it's a process improvement path where you basically go, you get a little bit of training, and then you go and survey employees, you take notes on what their issues are, safety-related issues, job-related concerns, and then you relay, you relay that to management, you make a presentation about it, and all of these managers hear what you have to say, and then they're supposed to make a project, an action plan to get that done. But what I noticed is that no matter how many employees I got to confess their issues and all this, nothing was changing. No matter Mm -hmm. how much I stayed on management about it. I fought with management all the time, giving them constant reminders that these issues are continuously happening. That that there was an old lady. um, You've heard about the overstuffing of bins at Amazon? Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine, imagine you have a dresser that has about four drawers, and you put way too many clothes in that drawer. What does it do? It makes it really hard to open. It makes it really hard to find the, the, the article of clothing that you want. And um, part of that will be a safety issue where you're going to be trying to jerk it open, essentially. Um, and imagine your dresser is made out of cardboard. So maybe you jerk it open a little, a little bit too hard and it breaks or, you know, you have it stuck and you just can't open it at all. Um, so there was an old lady who pulled her hip out of place trying to open, <laughs> open a bottom bin. So all, all the ones on top of it were overstuffed and mm. the one on the bottom was also overstuffed. So she had the, bend over and try to open that and yeah she she had a hip surgery and everything and uh she's still on workers compensation for it to this day damn wow that's that's terrible uh i know one of the things that i'd also read that i, th- I think is it w- was an issue at, at your facility i know that i've seen it from so many other Amazon workers around the country. It's one of the things that I know the the workers that are organizing under uh, cause and at the Garner North Carolina facility have mentioned, but um, the heat in the warehouses that is one of those things that I've heard is a continual problem and that Amazon has been told this over and over and over again, where you have workers who don't have enough time to get 
have water breaks because of all the the discipline from from management and yet they're not providing ac for anybody so has that been like a a big issue for you guys as well uh yes and especially because we're at a very old site Mm. you need to understand that this is considered a legacy site by amazon Basically, they use it as a backup. They use it mostly for apparel returns. I think um, only 2% of the total inventory is non-apparel. Wow. And so, you know, Jeff Bezos was back here working back in the day. Um, Not not as a regular employee, obviously, but... um, some of the elders at this site, the people who have been here for 21 years, stuff like that, because they opened their doors in 1999. Um, so some of these people, they remember Bezos and some of the other executives that would come around every once in a while. Um, and golly, th- those people remember when it was sweltering in here all the time, when when the heat index at the site would regularly uh, surpass a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, right? Wow! And now it's not quite as hot with the HVAC, the fans, the water coolers, and all that stuff. But what good is that if if when you need to take a water break and drink a few cups of water and and stand around for a little bit and catch your breath? Um, what good is that if you can't even use the water cooler without it being counted against you? Um, right. What good What good are the fans if if you're moved from a mod that has fans, uh, uh, an area that has fans, and then you go to one of the areas that are site that has no fans, the HVAC does not work properly, and there's no ventilation. We, we have a couple of mods like that. And um, it's, it's honestly very, very heartbreaking that they've had so many years to actually tackle this problem. And that I've brought this problem up to them so many times and that some of the other people who did, who did the same uh, volunteer position of Gimba for several years continuously brought this up to them and they ignore it. And then they tell you, they say, Hey, at our site, it doesn't get above 75 degrees. That, that is an absolute lie. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody brought a thermometer in the other day to an area and it said it was 84 degrees. Oof. And that's pretty hot to be doing a lot of running around because I know you, they, with all the tracking of time off task, they keep you guys moving. Yeah. And especially, um, you might go to an area, uh, you might have to go up to the fourth floor sometime. Your scanner will tell you to go to the fourth floor. You go up there, you pick one fucking item, and then it moves you moves you somewhere completely different. Um, it could be far away. It could be to a different building. It could be, you know, because every building has a certain amount of uh, mods. So, example, like you have A building, and then you'll have A and B mod over there, but then you'll have the high side, the low side. Each one of those has four floors. Then you'll have... Um, C building that has E mod and F mod and uh, F mod is also another one where uh, after a lot of complaints by our people in particular, they actually put up some fans, right? After so, after so many years of not having those, 
ever, ever since we decided to decide we're going to start organizing for a union, they decided, oh, hey, we're just going to um, try and bribe these people with a couple of things. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild how how much a, a corporation's response to your demands can change in in tone and in action once you actually start demanding them in an organized fashion. And uh, it's 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 unsurprising that management had up until now been pretty resolute in in ignoring the requests that you and the other workers had made of them. But on the flip side, like, what has the reception to your organizing efforts been from your fellow workers? Like, what's the general tone uh, among the workers at the facility, specifically with regards to uh, potential unionization? So here it is uh, mostly the young people that are really interested in the union stuff. Um, and conversely, we do have a lot of older folks that are on board, people that um, that remember Harlan County, what went on in Harlan mm-hmm. County. The, like mm-hmm. I say, like I say to people, the, the legacy of bloody Harlan continues for a lot of people. Um, we even have a guy on our organizing committee. He, he grew up in eastern Kentucky and he worked at non-union coal mines and unionized coal mines. And he saw the difference. And he tells people this, the difference between working conditions at these places. And, you know, um, the only people that are really hostile towards it at our site are the elders, the Amazon veterans, the people that have been here since the doors opened, the people that have been here um, 10, 11, 15 years, stuff like that. Because it's a very odd thing about tenure at this site. So you do have the people who have been there forever, the dinosaurs, um, (laughs) you know, so they they saw um, management's improving working conditions semi-progressively over a long time, moving at a snail's pace. So they remember when there was no HVAC and no fans, nothing like that. And then they remember when they did add those, when they did make those additions. And so they think that management has their best interest at heart. Um, mm. They remember when they were making uh, less than $10 an hour. And then all of a sudden, in 2018, they got a $15 raise. Well, well, a raise up to $15 as the minimum. But these people also remember when their stocks got taken away. When mm-hmm. their um, variable, comp- variable compensation plans got taken away. That, that was actually when Amazon would incentivize you to go above and beyond. Um, so matter of factly, these, these elders at the site, they're, they're pretty brainwashed. Um, they remember when the, the executives and stuff here, the leadership, they would say that they, they would spread all kinds of falsehoods about unions. They would say, oh, if you guys ever unionize, um, we're going to shut this place down. Mm. They, they, remember, they remember Jeff Bezos going up to them and saying, hey, if you ever see these guys with union cards, don't sign it. That means you're a member of the union. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, we've heard so many different management lies about unions like in the process of just talking to people and, and following all of this stuff and that actually leads me to another question that I had, I had about 
when you've been your experience talking with your coworkers about this, about issues on the site, about organizing a union, uh, you said that a lot of the younger workers have more like enthusiasm for organizing. That's definitely something we've seen. I mean, obviously, like the Starbucks movement is a big example of that. But as well, you know, the workers at JFK 8 who organized. But one of the things that's been interesting, and I think largely due to, you know, the country's war on unions, more or less, is that there's so few people in so much of the country who know anybody who's in a union that a lot of folks don't even necessarily really know what a union is or does. Is that something that, that you've run into just folks who maybe might be interested in, in the concept, but just don't really know much about unions at all. And so there's like a whole process of education that has to be done. Yeah. So as you know, you hit the nail on the head with that. And, um, especially here in Kentucky, this, even this part of Kentucky, a lot of people, yeah, they don't know what the hell a union is. Just so I explain it to them. I explain it to them as simply as I can. And I explain to them the advantages of a union and why, hey, you could go and protest these changes. And that's all well and good. You could act like Amazonians United and, um, you know, petition and then decide if they don't meet the demands of your petition, you're going to walk out. But mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a great thing. I love that militancy. We have some of that militancy here where people will be very confrontational with management, but at any time, Amazon could take that away from you. If you win it that way, they could, Mm -hmm. they could start targeting you and you might not have the means or the knowledge of how to file ULPs. You, you might, you might've not even had any prior warning like I have. My prior warning was that um, anti-union people started talking about me, starting whisper campaigns, and then I started receiving write-ups, write-up after write-up, and I was able to to talk to um, the people I was working with when I was working with the machinists and really get them to help me file my first charges and then connect connect that to retaliation. and how I was able to um, <clears throat> kind of defend yourself with the law in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, don't get me wrong. The labor board they're they're still controlled by the bourgeois um, political class, but you know, they, they do good every once in a while. Sure. They're, they're not a friend of the people, but sometimes they can help save your ass if you're in a pickle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess like getting into the actual process that you've been going through of talking with your coworkers, finding out who's interested in the union, when you're actually, you know, talking to folks about the union, be it flyering or just on the job, what, whatever, is, are there any specific tactics, uh, angles of approach uh, that you have found particularly effective and anything maybe that you specifically like drew inspiration from, from any of the other groups that have been organizing, be it, you know, the ALU and JFK eight or the RWDSU down in Bessemer and any of them or, or just stuff that you've come up with on your own. Um, so there's, there's a lot of trial and error there um, for sure. Uh, so part of my thing was that I established trust with these people when I was going around 
and surveying these people and letting them know that, hey, I'm actually here to help you as best I can, but it's management that might might not take your concern very seriously. And they don't take their, your concern very seriously because they don't have to, right? It's not mm-hmm. their obligation. So I want I want to appear, and it's not the appearance, but it's the genuine helpfulness. I want to be helpful. Um, I don't want to look like I'm just trying to stir the pot, right? I, I wanna I want to find out what their issues are, and I want to propose a solution. I want to give them that hope because without hope, then everybody, everybody's just going to succumb to fear, uncertainty and doubt around this. And when JFK eight was um, in the, in the heat of their organizing around their election, I would even ask people stuff like, you know, if I wasn't surveying them at the time, I would say, um, Hey, what, what do you think about this? All this union bullshit going on uh, in New York? (laughs) And, and and just to like take a take a tone where I don't give myself away completely, right. and I sort of let them figure out what I'm talking about. Let them come and ask me what a union is. Um, let them come and ask me what a democratic workplace looks like, where you, where um you at least you know the union doesn't run the business, but you know they they sure do help you out. Um, that clear up some of these misconceptions that they have. When people tell me like, Hey, don't those unions, don't they defend lazy workers? Um, (laughs) and I say, you know, if you elect a bad shop steward, that can certainly happen. But what a shop steward's duty to do is to fight, to protect your job so that you don't have to fight with HR and management and put a target on your back and even fight them so hard that you get charged with insubordination and fired. Um, or targeted in any kind of subtle way that they would do it. Oh, 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 oh,